Canada's military has garnered a lot of spotlight, mainly for the wrong reasons. Complaints of sexual harassment and intimidation continue with seemingly no regard for the victims. Former Defense Minister Harjet Sajjan appeared to sit on his hands while decorated members of the military are facing allegations and charges. Will Canada's military get its act together? Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. We're coming to you from a remote location and practicing physical distancing to enhance safety. When you're searching for a cause, it's always best to start at the beginning. And in this case, it's the Royal Military College in Kingston, where they're trained and training, they do the training to become officers. Now, back in 2015, stunning reports came out of RMC about young soldiers verbally threatening young women with rape while they were touring the facility. Lieutenant Colonel Mark Popov was in charge of the recruits in 2015. He confined them to their barracks, gave them a thorough dressing down, and went in search of those who started the episode. And that's when he ran into interference from above. This is a story of the chain of command that decided to protect its reputation rather than fixing what appears to be a perpetual problem. To find out more about it and whether the new leadership of the portfolio might change things, I am pleased to be joined by retired Lieutenant Colonel Mark Popov. And, and Mark, knowing what happened and what happened to you, as a former member of the military, what does it mean on a day like Remembrance Day that we saw yesterday? Well, it's particularly poignant on Remembrance Day, Ed, because, you know, really some of the examples of the abysmal leadership that I've seen in the, the general officer cadre of the Canadian Armed Forces, in particular, uh, some individuals that I work for, um, and the, the old boys club of the Royal Military College, the, so, the, the sailors, the soldiers, and the aviators of the Canadian Armed Forces are such great people, young women and men who leave their homes and do a lot of amazing things in a lot of dangerous uh, and lethal circumstances without complaint. Um, they are being let down on a daily basis by their leadership. And I think that those who went before us would be uh, completely disappointed at some of the things they've seen. Before the incident in 2015, did you have any indication of the type of person at RMC? Not really. I never attended RMC myself. I graduated from uh, Royal Roads when it existed as a military college in uh, on in Victoria, BC. And you know, you could say they they they're the same because you know the students all wear the red scarlet coats on parade. But the character of the institutions, I from what I could see, is is markedly different. So, uh, you know, I when I was selected to be the director of cadets at RMC, what, what I had been told and what I believed was that I was there to prepare Canada's I was there to prepare junior officers to lead Canada's sons and daughters in the most dangerous, lethal, and trying circumstances imaginable to prepare junior officers to lead in service. That's not really what was required and was not what the system wanted. And they just wanted to keep your head down more than anything else. Absolutely. Status quo, uh, no danger, no drama, no uh, nothing uh, discovered. Um, oh, is there a, a, a problem with drug use? Nope, nope, we don't want to see that. The media might get hold of it. Uh, protect the institution at all costs. That essentially was the attitude that uh, I encountered from those in charge of me at the Royal Military College of Canada. But that's pretty well the way military and even police organizations basically uh, work. It's, you know, everybody sort of surrounds or, or circles the wagons to protect the, uh, to protect obviously the organization. Well, I would say yes, no, I can't comment on police, but you know, the I, I would go back to my experience, the war in Afghanistan, where we really looked at ourselves hard in the mirror, uh, once the war heated up in 2006 of how we did things. Um, 
combat operations, tactics, techniques, procedures in the Army, in the medical system, in the Air Force, and, and really looked honestly and said, right, we are in a lethal circumstance. How can we, egos aside, best get ourselves as a learning organization to, uh, to, to prepare and succeed? And, and I think we did. But unfortunately, some of the uh, institutional elements of the Canadian Armed Forces, like RMC, um, have not crossed that Rubicon yet. You know, when you look back at 2015 and, and the incident in, in question, what reasons were you given by, by the cadets for their behavior? Or did they not give any reason? They just felt they were entitled? No, I didn't give her any reason at all. And, and understanding, as, as we know from other articles, that I ha- was uh, ordered by my, uh, my commandant, uh, then Brigadier General Sean Friday at the time, to not take any actions. And then I received a threatening email from the commander of the military police detachment threatening to court-martial me for interference in an MP investigation. So uh, under those circumstances, I never really, uh, you know, you know, mea culpa, maybe it was cowardice on my part to not pursue it at the time. But I was uh, had a pretty clear set of orders to cease and desist and not ask. So I don't know. I never got any reasons. And I was assured that there would be an investigation. Uh, we could see the results that there was no real market investigation. I mean, they didn't even speak with the victims. So um, it was a, a, what, what I like to call appearance of activity, but no real measured action. So it, I don't know the reasons. You know, it, it's it's interesting. You, you say that, okay, the incident happens. Uh, the senior leadership doesn't want to investigate it. Um, and the military police is not investigating it, but they come after you saying that you're, you know, you could be interfering with something that they say they're investigating, but they're not. That's kind of a weird situation. Well, that's exactly it. And I, I view it as a, as a betrayal. I mean, you know, I was, I was, I was told by, you know, you know, then Brigadier Friday, uh, you know, that I was taking a punitive mindset and I needed to cease and desist and we'd see, look at options. And, you know, the options he wanted to look at was to do nothing. Right. I, my reason for confining them to barracks is much like any investigation. If you want to speak to people, you need to keep, potential perpetrators from getting the stories together. So separate, segregate, investigate. I had my staff prepared to start conducting interviews that afternoon and find out who did what, when, where, how to whom, and pursue it under the uh, code of service discipline, which as a commanding officer, I was well within my rights to do, but I was stopped. You know, when you talk about uh, 2015 and and these recruits that obviously you were in charge of, they're now military officers and that's a little bit concerning for Canadians, or maybe it should be. Well, from my perspective as a taxpayer, of course it's concerning. What am I paying for? Um, and and what kind of, you know, would a Canadian citizen, a parent, want their son or daughter to be under the command of someone like this? So, yeah, these people are most likely serving. You know, when I, I look back at this, uh, your superiors were upset. You used foul language, which <laughs> I thought was a little rich considering, well, one, you're the military and obviously in a lot of lethal situations, a lot of things get, can be said. But that seems like a, a pretty weak argument to, to complain about the way you treated it. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for the thinking at the time of my uh, my my then boss, but uh, that was a that was a, th- a thing that he very much decided to ping on was, you know, uh, use of foul language. Understanding though that part of the foul language I used was quoting mm-hmm. what was screamed at these young women, minor children, less than eighteen years old, 
out the windows of the barracks by RMC officer cadets. And, you know, Ed, the reason I did that was, you know, I didn't uh, on, on, on a regular basis use uh, profanity, but I looked at it as a case of when you need to achieve maximum shock impact, shock and awe, whatever you want to call it, and make very crystal clear that this is important to the chain of command, this is important to the boss, I was the boss at the time, then that I thought was a necessary emphasis. So yeah, um, have I used profanity before when briefing soldiers, sending them into uh, dangerous circumstances? Yep. Is RMC a little different? Absolutely. However, I viewed this incident as something that needed to be seriously addressed in a forthright manner by the senior representative of the chain of command to make very clear that that kind of behavior was unacceptable, that that kind of conduct was unacceptable, and that there would be consequences. And, you know, a lot of these recruits have parents that are, you know, higher up in the, in the military as well. And we understand that they weren't impressed that uh, you wanted to continue on with that. But, you know, that seems to be the culture. Does it not just just keep protecting the protect uh, the image? Well, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you another example. So um, as I was approached by now commander of the Royal Canadian Air Force, then Brigadier General Al Meinzinger, and he said to me, Mark, I've heard rumors that there's drug use within the uh, cadet wing, the officer cadet student body at RMC. And I said, there might be, sir. Absolutely. It's a reflection of society. And he said, well, I want you to do something about it. And I said, no problem. And when I had been the operations officer for the two Canadian mechanized brigade group in Petawawa, so one third of Canada's combat army, we did blind drug testing on a routine basis to, to, to let the commander know what the sort of status of the force was. No names, no, no one was, a, but we could tell. So 25% of soldiers at this rank level had drugs in their system. And I said, no problem, sir. I'm going to set up a blind testing. We will test the cadet wing. And then I will have a good view as to, you know, do we have drug use in the cadet wing? And I was ordered not to. Despite, in accordance with the Canadian Forces drug control policy at the time, as a commanding officer, being within my purview, the commandant stopped me. And his reason? Well, Mark, what if we find out there's drug use and it gets to the media? And I, I thought this was bizarre. And I said, you know, I said to General Meinzinger, you know, and in his background, he's a helicopter pilot. Sir, if there was a problem with the helicopter fleet, wouldn't we want to know, like a mechanical problem or something? And he said, Mark, that's completely different. You can't drug test them. This this could get out and could be bad for the bad for the college. So why don't you just put up some posters or do an info campaign? So that Ed, that that's what we're getting at. And this, I don't see this attitude having been changed. Protect the institution, make everything look happy and shiny. Uh, young men and ladies on the parade square with red jackets on and everything perfect. Well. If you're not prepared to look at your underbelly, if you're not prepared to look on and say, right, are we doing things right here? Are we treating people properly? Are we following the code of service discipline of the Canadian Armed Forces? But that look from what my perspective is from that time frame at RMC was not at all um, in the mindset of the senior command. So I honestly felt sold out by that. Anita Anand is, is the new defense minister, and uh, a lot of people have been pointing fingers at uh, Harjit Sajjan for doing very little. Do you expect fresh eyes, Anita Anand's, to, to change the culture of the Canadian military? Well, I don't know about expectations. I, I am hopeful, though. And I would say, you know, a lot of I've been asked before, you know, is a female commandant of RMC going to change things as a female defense minister? We need to understand that this issue in the forces is not a female issue. This is a leadership issue. This is a, 
having the will as senior commanders to take those hard decisions and do your job. So I am hopeful that uh, Minister Anand will, will take those steps and look at this with fresh eyes. I, you know, Minister Sajjan, having been a reserve officer, um, obviously kind of hard to be your boss, your old boss's boss suddenly. Um, so yeah, he had some challenges. Let's hope that a fresh minister with fresh eyes and no uh, underlying baggage in the department would say, right, what is the right thing to do? Let's let's open the kimono. Let's let the skeletons out of the closet and show the public and the taxpayer how we are taking steps to resolve this problem. That's the, the point I wanted to make. It wasn't that Anita Anand was a woman. It was the fact that she doesn't have a military background. She has not been in that culture. I, I think back to when the RCMP brought in a civilian leadership, a civilian leader to, uh, to, to run the operation for a change. It's the fact that, you know, I think personally she would, she'll be asking more questions uh, than, than anything else. And hopefully that'll be able to dig, uh, dig the military out of its problem. And, and I, I, I'm hopeful and, and I very much hope that the, you know, the civilian oversight of the military will reassert itself and say, right. Uh, you know, general officers, you've got you guys and gals have had your chance. Now, listen, this is what I want you to do. Maybe not how to do it, but the civilian authority over the Canadian Armed Forces saying, right, here's what we need to see done. Here's the what you people in uniform figure out the how. So I'm I am hopeful that a, a fresh set of eyes and a new minister and new staff will perhaps take a new approach and 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 stop this this appearance of activity. And doing nothing, ticking the box, saying, oh, yes, we investigated. Well, the investigation's trumped nothing. Hopefully there's real measurable action taken on this sort of abysmal leadership circumstance that the Canadian Forces finds itself in. Mark, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Ed. I'm glad to have the opportunity to, uh, to speak and uh, offer my opinions. Mark Popov is retired lieutenant colonel with the Canadian military and former director of cadets at the Royal Military College in Kingston. I want to thank Mark for sharing his story with us today. And I want to thank you for watching The Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.